Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 bet in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into here on a Thursday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the... Ticker Sports guest hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Moana. Grant, how are you? Doing well, Arash. What's going on? Uh, a lot, actually. I mean, we had a little bit of a break there post the All-Star break, and now uh, the NBA is back. Uh, but uh, normally, I would start there. And again, we will hit that. But spring training, um, these vibes coming out of Glendale, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Shohei Otani really showing more personality, at least on social media, than I've seen in the past couple of years. Um, on paper, this is the best team in baseball, but like, there's something to be said with chemistry and vibes and like how these guys get along. And yes, this is spring training. I'm excited because they're, they're about to uh, play their first game out in Glendale. Uh, your thoughts on what you're seeing, though? from this team. Yeah, Rosh, I was going to mention, as soon as you mentioned vibes and chemistry, it brought me back to a point that a lot of people were making after last season, right? And I'm sorry to my San Diego people, but it is the truth. The Padres, right? They had all the talent in the world. We thought that they would win the division last year. We thought that they would be World Series contenders, um, and they were not. Um, just because you have a talented team and a talented roster and superstars everywhere on paper does not translate to good chemistry and good vibes in the locker room. Yeah. Fortunately for the Dodgers, their chemistry and the way they get along with each other has always been a strong point, whether they lose in the first round, whether they don't make the playoffs, whether they lose in the World Series. They have always had close-knit teams. Um, and this year, it looks like there's going to be no exception. Um and I can credit it a lot to just the personalities that they brought in. Um, Yoshinobu Yamamoto looks like a guy that everyone loves, wants to be around. Shohei Otani, obviously we know he has such a great personality um, that we'll probably see a lot more now that he's in a Dodger uniform. Uh, there's a social media post circulating yesterday of Teoscar Hernandez messing around with the two guys, and they looked like they were having a, a great time. Um, you know, he's teaching them Spanish. Uh, so, look, you have guys like Miggy Rojas, and you know, last year's David Peralta, but this year, Miggy Rojas gave wine to Shohei Otani and Yamamoto just to welcome them to the team, to welcome them to the club. And um, this is why I always agree that. 
your clubhouse vibe is really important to a World Series run. Um, there's a reason why the Texas Rangers won the World Series last year. They were close-knit in October, and they stayed close, and Bruce Bochy was at the head of the snake. Um, the Dodgers have an excellent clubhouse guy in Dave Roberts. Obviously, you know, we know what goes on on the field, and we know a lot of people give him heat, but if there's one thing that Dave Roberts knows how to do, it is get the clubhouse right and make sure those guys love each other and respect each other and have fun together um and look i'm seeing all of that right now from from training camp and uh you know spring training is always a time to bond with your teammates and make sure that everyone's on the right page but um when you have so many stars, sometimes there's egos involved. But right now what I'm seeing is nothing of that. Um, it looks like everyone's getting along. These guys, I know that after last year, they're, they're just hungry to just get a World Series win. So I know that's all of their focuses. So that kind of helps a little bit when you all know what your job is there to do. Um, but yeah, Arash, everything that I've seen from the Dodgers social media and from, from TV and reporting and, and all the journalism out there is that these guys love one another already and that they're, they're having a, a lot of fun out there in Arizona. What's your take on one of the more interesting topics that I think this, um, that, you know, like as we go into the season, is the Scott Boris clients, um, I think four or five, but I mean, just leading the charge, certainly Blake Snell, uh, Cody Bellinger is a part of that as well. Um, for, for them to not be signed as we, as we, uh, are, we are well into spring training about to start to, yeah. uh, start to play some games. What's your thoughts there? And is there a possibility that one or more of these clients, whether it's to the Dodgers or the Angels, is there a possibility uh, that one or more could come to Los Angeles? Yeah, I do believe so. I mean, if you look at, first of all, I want to address the Scott Boris thing. Um, I think the main reason why teams aren't signing guys right now is that all of these guys are asking for long-term deals and they're asking for top dollar deals. And these guys are, yes, they are very good players i'd say they're well above average but they're not superstars right like blake snow won the nl cy young i think he is a star i mean he won a cy young with the rays back in 2018 so he has two cy youngs um and a lot of these guys are going into their 30s montgomery and bellinger and jd martinez as well into his 30s tommy Pham, matt chapman um so there are plenty of guys that are in their 30s but I just don't understand why this is happening. I, I, I can see the, the Scott Boris aspect where these guys are asking for a lot of money and teams just don't want to dish that out this late into the game. And, you know, a lot of teams are looking for short term deals or lower AAV, um, per year. So I could see that. Um, I think the expectations going into this offseason was that we're going to get to see money like we saw, I think, a few offseasons ago when Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts all got $300 plus million on huge deals. Carlos Correa got a huge deal. Um, I, I just think that teams have kind of realized, hey, that's not really a good model to go by. Look at what the Dodgers did, Arash. They yeah. signed Shohei Otani. Yes, it was $700 million, but he's only getting paid $2 million this year. Same with Yamamoto. Like He's not getting paid top dollar per Per year, and that's what a lot of Scott Boris's clients are asking for. Now, what that also does mean is that they're going to get desperate, right? So, teams like the Angels, teams like the Dodgers, if they can, I know they're probably set right now, but some of these teams that were just kind of waiting on them, they can get them on shorter term deals. And I think the Angels, 
are in a prime position to steal one of these guys. I think yeah. if they get a, a Cody Bellinger, I know that they have some young talent that they want to see in the outfield, but if you can get a Blake Snell on a little bit of a discount, maybe you get a Blake Snell on a prove-it year. Who knows? Um, you can get a, a Jordan Montgomery on a shorter-term deal. I think that the Angels are probably a better option for a lot of these guys than the Dodgers. I would love to see J.D. Martinez go to the Angels to fill that. I know he's not going to fill Shohei Otani's shoes, but J.D. Martinez was an all-star last year, Arash. Blake Snell was an NL Cy Young Award just last year, Arash. Jordan Montgomery was on a World Series team and probably the best pitcher in the World Series for the Rangers last year, and all of these guys are not signed. I There's not many things I agree with Rob Manfred on, but I do agree with him on this one. We need to have a deadline. Um, we need to have some sort of, and I don't know how you're going to do it. It's really tough to to kind of do that. But if there's any way to get these guys signed by a certain point so that we can just go into training camp and go into spring training with full rosters and everyone signed, I know not everyone's going to sign, but the top guys, maybe we can do that. I, I don't know how you can do it. I haven't really thought about it that much yet, but it's yeah. kind of, it, it's a bad look on baseball when a lot of the top players and top free agents aren't signed yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to think if this was something about Scott Boris, but I think clearly, to your point, he wants a long-term, uh, you know, multiple years guarantee. And I think what you're probably going to get at the end of the day is these guys are going to say, hey, listen, Scott, um, uh, I want to get back to work. And yeah, right. whether it's like a one plus one or something like that, but you're 100% right. I mean, you know, when, when guys get past the, you know, past 30, and you hate to say that that's all, but in professional sports, I mean, you're not going to sign a 30 plus year old guy to a 10 year contract. You're just not, um, realistic. All right. Let's switch gears. Two big games in the NBA following the NBA All Star break. Let's start with the Lakers and the Warriors. Um, LeBron James is out. Uh, this was something that we kind of suspected talking to him following the All Star game. Um, he had hinted that he might, um, take this game off or he would be sort of a game time decision. He's been ruled out. Christian Woods has been ruled out. This is, listen, like I think anytime you get the Lakers and the Warriors, um, it could have been LeBron versus Steph. It's a big one. It's a big game. When you look at the standings right now, Grant, it's nine versus 10. Uh, yeah. the, the Lakers, however, have a three uh, game lead on the Warriors and the win total. That's why, um, it's different than last year. If you remember following the All-Star break, the Lakers were the 13th seed. It's amazing. The Lakers were a below 500 team. I mean, the Lakers were just scrapping and clawing just to get into the play-in tournament. I think now, clearly, um, they're about three, three and a half games back of that uh, five and six seed. So they're actually, like, not worried about the play-in tournament. They're trying to get, like, into that uh, fifth seed if they can uh, your thoughts on this game? And is there, again, I, I just saw LeBron. I, he looked fine. I do think this is more precautionary. But your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's kind of weird to to not have LeBron in a Warriors-Lakers game. I think he's yeah. played in, in almost every one of them uh, since he became a Laker. Um, usually they, he gets up for these type of games. And like you said, Arash, this is one of the games that, I mean, the Lakers are one and a half games above the Warriors um, in the standings in terms of you know where they can be at the end of the season. So this may be very crucial down the stretch. If you get into a, a tie-breaking situation or what, what, whatever it may be, a 9-10, I think the Lakers are, are going to be well above the nine seed. I think the way they're playing, and I know 
Another thing I want to mention is that sometimes the all-star break is detrimental. I hope that's not the case for the Lakers because they were playing such excellent basketball going in. Sometimes that's a motivator, but also sometimes that that is not good because it stops your momentum. It, it, it kind of stunts what you had going, and then you kind of have to restart that motivation and that energy that you had before the break. Um, but I, I expect this Lakers team to be out of the 9-10 range. I expect them to get closer to the 7, maybe even the 6, just if they continue need to play this type of basketball but for this matchup tonight i mean lakers warriors is always a good matchup look at what happened the last game and we went to double overtime and we had guys making insane shots down the stretch and um, it looked like both of these teams are back and that's what i was going to mention next is that both of these teams have been playing great basketball it's not just the lakers the warriors i know they lost right before the break to the clippers in heartbreaking fashion but they rebounded and beat a utah jazz team on a back-to-back in utah um and clay thompson looked like the old clay thompson that we were used to so uh, both of these teams are were playing great basketball um and i expect them to play another close game with or without lebron with or without christian wood um i think that these two teams uh, always play great games and i expect I expect nothing else but a, a maybe even an overtime game, Arash. Um, for the Lakers, I think it is more crucial. I really do. Because if you look at the Warriors, they have the Utah Jazz behind them. Um, if you look at the Lakers, they have a chance to be right behind the Sacramento Kings in the yeah. standings. Who would have thought that? I mean, I thought the Kings were... I mean, the Kings just last week were in the five range. So um, for the Lakers, I think it's just you can't tread water. you got to continue to build up in the standings. And for me, I think that they can compete with the Pelicans and the, and the Mavericks in that 6-7 range. So this is this is highly crucial, not just for standings, but to get on the right foot after the All-Star break. That's a huge game. You know, as we, uh, you know, we're not there yet, but, you know, we're going to get to a point where people, uh, teams start to look at the standings and positioning and things like that. And, you know, one of the things um, I, I think perhaps you agree, I mean, I think the, the Denver is the defending champions, and I still think they are the, uh, clearly the uh, team to beat. Right now they are the four uh, seed, and if you're the yeah. Lakers, like, you don't want that four or five matchup, you know. <laughs> no. I mean, like again, much like last year, like if you're gonna play Denver, like play them in the Western Conference Finals and see what happens. Obviously, it didn't work out for the Lakers where, where they get swept, but those games were close. But um, you know, so then, and again, they're not there now. Again, as we uh, s- uh, sit here today, they are the nine seed. But like, like as you begin to move up, you're gonna have teams try to figure out. Okay, like as good as Minnesota. And OKC and the, and the Clippers have been, again, no one wants to play the, the uh, Denver Nuggets in the first round. And certainly if, if you kind of play it out, yeah, you certainly don't want to play them in the second round. Uh, that takes me to the other big game uh, tonight. And it's uh, perhaps the, the, the biggest on the schedule. You have the Clippers going to Oklahoma City to play the Thunder. The, uh, the uh, Thunder are the two seed. Clippers are the three seed. They are separated by a half a game. Again, uh, both of these teams are about a game and a half or two games back of the one seed Timberwolves. Uh, big, big game uh, in OKC. Grant, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, the Clippers have been playing a lot of big games recently. They had one against the Timberwolves at home where they got smoked. Um, now they go on the road uh, to play a Thunder team that you know they're trying to chase in the standings. Um, and Arash, every time I look at social media and I see these reporters say, there are no injuries to report for the Clippers. It's a clean slate. 
it's I just I, I I put my graces to the heavens above because I don't I didn't ever think that I would see stuff like that this year. No. Um, I, it's just been such a blessing to see these guys play healthy, and I hope that they have good health going down the stretch. But look, the Clippers are going to have their full roster, and it's funny, Rosh, you were there. Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> he was asking about his, about his injury, you know, because he sat out against the the Warriors the week before the game before the All Star break with an adductor injury, and everyone's like, oh my goodness, is he going to be out one week, two weeks, three weeks? And uh, I think Tomer asked him, um, Tomer Zarli, I think he asked him, hey, how's your injury? And Kawhi said, what injury? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that game was just to get him some time off and, and you know, deservedly so. He's been their best player. But, um, yeah, I, you know, with a full roster, I expect the Clippers and the Thunder. Look, like I said about the Lakers and the Warriors, these two teams always play great basketball games. Uh, I went to the one at home here at Crypto.com Arena. That was an electric atmosphere. This one should be, too. So, um, maybe these teams match up in the playoffs down the road. I'm not really sure, but right now the Clippers are just clawing to get up to that one seed. It was funny, Arash. The Clippers got to the one seed, and 24 hours later, they were back at the four seed earlier yeah. in the season. So um, right now, it's just a fight for seeding, honestly, up there at the top. Yeah. What What does a successful season, like, like as I look at the standings and as I look at how the season will play out, I mean, I remember thinking a year ago, like if you had told me, after the All-Star break, the Lakers would have made it to the Western Conference Finals. I would have never thought saying this as someone who grew up as a Lakers fan when it was always championship or bust, but I remember talking to, to the crew and I said, are you kidding me? Like If you go from being a below 513 seed following the All-Star break and you somehow get all the way to the Western Conference Finals, that's a successful season. Uh, the Clippers, they've only made it that far one time in their franchise's history. The Lakers, again, like as I said, they're the nine seed. They're kind of in that nine ten spot right now. Like, like once again, like, is it championship or bust or, or, or what does a successful season look like for these two teams? I'll start with the Clippers because again, this is perhaps the most talented team in the league, certainly perhaps the most talented team that they've had. Uh, and they do have a real shot right now. Is it championship or bust? Or if they get, so let's just say game seven of the Western Conference Finals, they lose to Denver or the Timberwolves. I mean, what is a successful season? I think a successful season is conference finals just because this this West is just so tough. And yeah. Arash, like you were mentioning about the Lakers last year, and I remember being on air last year when the Lakers were under 500 and you and I were, and, and Brandon and Armand were talking about, man, there's no way the Lakers can get to the playoffs, not yeah. even the playoffs. And they went to the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, that was a wildly successful year. For the Clippers, obviously, the, the expectations are different now. But if I look at when they were three and seven and they were on that six game losing streak, I would have told you just making the play in was a successful <laughs> year. Yeah. Now, obviously, expectations have changed a lot to where I can look at it and say, okay, Kawhi Leonard has signed an extension. So you know you have him for at least another three years. Um, you know that you have an excellent team with James Harden now that it could work. So even if you lose in the Western Conference Finals, and I run it back with the same team, maybe out around the edges, I'm pretty confident going into next year in the Intuit Dome with that team because I've seen it work right now. I know that these four guys, Russ, PG, Kawhi, and Harden, they work now together. Back then in in, late October or early November or late December, 
I probably wouldn't have told you that. Yeah. But now I think the expectation is Western Conference Finals. And I think going to the finals and even winning the finals is just icing on the cake. Uh, I know a lot of people have them coming out of the West. That was all the buzz around All-Star Weekend. But um, I think even just getting to the Conference Finals against Denver, maybe taking Denver to six or seven, um, that just shows that this team can compete for a championship. And I think that's all Steve Ballmer will need to, will need to see to run it back next year, honestly. When I think about them opening up the Intuit Dome, I think it'd be so significant to open it up with four of the greatest players to ever come from Southern California. They've done such a good job of reaching out to the local community, not only just with the courts, but also saying, you know, like if you have a local high school, send us your jersey. I think they're going to do something where like they're going to showcase all the local community. Like they've, they've done such a good job locally and it's not just like they're, they're talking. They really mean it. Um, so yeah, listen, um, I, I agree for the Clippers. I think it's at, at least Western conference finals. And I really say that because, uh, of the talent that they have and how good that they've been. And again, they, they've been right at the one seed and, and they may get back to, to the one seed. And I, I think at least get into the conference finals, but man, I mean, the, the significance of even if they get to their first finals and if they open up the Intuit dome by raising a Western conference championship banner. And again, this is their building now, and 99% of teams raise a Western Conference championship banner, which is, by the way, more significant than, than a stupid in-season tournament banner, which <laughs> at some point the Lakers will take that thing down. But um, for the Lakers, listen, once again, you're in that 9-10 seed. The Lakers fans will not agree with me. They'll always say championship for bus. But once again, I mean, if you are – like, if you're not one of the top eight teams in the West after the All-Star break and you get to the conference finals – that's a good season. So it's, it's, uh, we'll see how these uh, two teams do. But I, 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 when I look at the Clippers as they close out their run at the Staples slash crypto.com arena, just the significance of opening up that new arena with some kind of a banner, uh, would be really cool. And we'll see if they get to do that. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Lakers, Clippers, Dodgers, and so much more when we come back right here on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California. The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Rush Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 400 
All right, great. Uh, as we touched on in the last segment, you know, what is a successful season for the Lakers and the Clippers? I think we both agree Western Conference Finals. Um, again, despite the fact that the Lakers have long had a championship robust mentality. Here's the thing that I, I am kind of surprised by, and I want to get your thoughts. You know, after the Lakers had acquired D'Anthony Davis and uh, that tandem of LeBron and Davis won a championship in their first season together. If you had told me that I would have had a Western Conference Finals is just good enough mentality when both of those guys are playing the way that they are, I would have just been surprised. I, I, I would have said that there's no way that, that that can be true. Obviously, the way that they played um, a couple of years following, again, the 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 the, ch- the the championship defense really wasn't fair in the sense that they had no offseason, but they get to the uh, postseason and they lose. And then, and then I, I just think following the Russell Westbrook trade, that year and a half was so bad that it reset the expectation for so many people. But again, I just, just think about having two of the top 10 players in the world, um, two of the top five sometimes when they're doing what they do at their very peak. Are you surprised? And I'll just start with the Lakers before I switch gears to the Clippers. Are you surprised that I'm sitting here saying, man, if we can get back to the Western Conference Finals again, like that would be a really good year. Are you surprised by that? I'm really not. And I think it's just because I think that we, before the season, our expectations were okay. You know, they got to the Western Conference Finals last year. Uh, they reloaded, they retooled in the offseason. And this is their, their title contended, you know, LeBron's last title contending year. And, you know, obviously it started off pretty well. They won the in-season tournament. Everyone's like, oh, here, look at the Lakers. They're playing amazing basketball. Then it kind of cratered. So I think expectations just alter throughout a season, right? Just like I was talking about with the Clippers, where after the three and seven, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, well, if, even if they get to the playoffs, that's a success. With the Lakers, I feel like we altered it now that they kind of cratered at the bottom and we we saw probably the worst version of this Lakers team that we can see. Yeah. Um, now I think if we see a Rosh, I'd say five wins in a row, maybe if they get on a eight out of their next 10 streak, then we can kind of look at the expectations and be like, hey, this is a fringe contender. This is a sleeper to contend in the West. Yeah. Um, so I think that expectations, you know, we, the game of basketball is so fluid and it is so, you know, things go awry from one minute to the next. I mean, look at the Bucks. We thought that they would be a contender too. And, yeah. you know, amongst all this stuff that's going on around them, there's still a top five seed in the East. I think people forget away, get away from that and forget about that. But I think expectations just change and we, you know, it's not my fault. It's not your fault. We just have to change the way we look at these teams as the trade deadline passes, as they gather wins or losses, whatever it is. Um, the, the season is so long and teams go th- through so many stretches that we have to alter our expert expectations. We have to kind of change the way we think about these teams. So um, it's not wrong for you to think that that's right. It's just what it is at this point. And, you know, if the Lakers go on a run, if the Clippers don't, if the Clippers go on a run and the Lakers don't, we have to alter our expectations. That's not just for the Clippers or the Lakers. That's for every team in the association. So uh, it may seem weird for us to say that the Lakers top and 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 the, the the final result that they can get and the best that they can get is a conference finals. 
Um, but that's just what this team is at this point. And we got to just figure that it's not just in basketball, but every sport, it's so fluid and seasons are so long that, you know, one minute you can think you're a contender and one minute you can think you're going to tank for a lottery pick. So, uh, it's, it's not out of the realm that, that, that's the best that they can do. Of course, whenever the Clippers play the Thunder, uh, during this time, they're going to talk about the Shane Gildress Alexander trade. Um, and again, it's crazy to even call it that because again, for years, it's been the Paul George trade. It, it still is. But when you talk, um, about the, the player that Shea has become, and it is so interesting talking to different all-star players. One of the, you know, common questions that they got at media day is who are you excited to play with or who are you excited to see? Like, they just came up a ton. LeBron mentioned his name and Davis mentioned his name. Um, I basically want to like ask you the same question. When you look at Kawhi and Paul George, I mean, if the high watermark of that tandem is a Western Conference final, and again, they, they, they didn't even make it together. I mean, that was Paul George effectively putting that, that team on his back. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, the, the going to Utah and not only is Kawhi out, he's done for the postseason. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, here they go again. But, but, but kudos to Paul George putting that team on his back, blowing out Utah, um, in, in, in pushing a Suns team to game six, which again leads me to believe that if they were fully healthy, they would have not only been to the finals, yeah. but won the whole thing. But again, if the high water mark of that tandem, which is one of the best tandems in uh, the league and certainly one of the best in league history, if the high water mark is just a, is a, a conference final, how, how do you view that uh, trade? I still think it's a, it's a fail if they don't make a finals. Um, I've, I've thought this for a while, right? And then it obviously it cratered when they were on that, that losing streak earlier in the season. I thought that they should just blow everything up and man, did they prove me right? But if this team doesn't get to a finals, like remember, Arash, you, you remember it very well. And I do too. The summer of 2019, everyone was touting the Clippers as the next dynasty. Everyone's saying, Oh, they're the favorites for the championship immediately. You know, they're the best roster in the league. They're so deep. Um, and for them to not just that year crater, but the next year, um, you know, they get to their first conference finals and now everyone's like, okay, well, now they're finally going to live up to their potential. This duo is finally going to do it. And obviously Kawhi's lost for the whole season. Paul George is hurt for that entire season the next year. You don't get to see it then. Last year, um, it's kind of another disaster of a year. Guys in and out of the lineup, roster really not that good, trade deadline acquisitions. Um, they get hurt again in the playoffs or before the playoffs, so you don't get to see it then. It's just been a lot of disappointment and a lot of letdowns, and it began with that first year. Now, you know, you can hang on to the fact that they got to their first Western Conference Finals, and obviously that's a huge accomplishment. It's somewhere that this team has never been in their history, so that's obviously a huge accomplishment. But the expectations coming into this era, and when you got those two guys, were that you were going to compete for championships. You were going to be in the finals. You were going to win a final. So obviously this era isn't closed, and I think that with this run that they've been on, they've kind of bought them another year of being together Um, because early on in the season it was like, hey, why don't we get rid of them at the trade deadline? Why don't we kind of blow this thing up and see what we can get? Now it's kind of like, hey, we extended our timeline a little bit. If we want to re-sign these guys, we kind of can. Um, So I think finals is still in reach. It's still a thing that they can get. Obviously, a lot of people have them coming out of the West, but 
if the lone accomplishment of this era is only a Western Conference Finals appearance, not even getting to the finals, I think it still would be a failure because Steve Ballmer and, and Lawrence Frank in that front office pushed all their chips into the, to the center of the table and said, Hey, we want to win a title. And they traded a, a franchise cornerstone in SGA to get to, to Paul George and all of their draft picks. And one of them became Jalen Williams, who the Thunder have, and he's doing very well. So. Yes, it would be a fail if they lose and if they don't get to a finals even, but right now they're in prime position to even do that. And they're probably, they probably have their best team in their history, Arash, which is, it's crazy to say five years later that they have finally have the best team out of all of these that they've had. And, you know, they have as good of a chance as anyone. I want to mention one more thing before I go back to you is that SGA. And the Thunder. A lot of people saying, oh, well, the Thunder won the trade already because SGA is a superstar and he's a top five player in the league and they have all these draft picks. My rebuttal to that is that the Thunders haven't won a playoff series since they got him. Obviously, they got there in in 2020 when they had Chris Paul, right? It was the first year with SGA. But they haven't won a playoff series. They've been mediocre or pretty bad up until last year and this year. So... I still think it's a win for the Clippers because they've actually at least been competitive and in the playoffs and, you know, they got to the Western Conference Finals. The Thunder haven't even won a playoff series. So until they do that and until they exceed what the Clippers have done in this era, I still think it's a win of a trade for the Clippers because they got farther. It's a great point. And it's a trade that the Clippers will have won if, if they can find a way to win their first ever championship. And I, and I, Perhaps even if they get to the finals, but to be honest, like I mean, you, you, you want something tangible. But if the if, if if the tandem of Kawhi and Paul George leads this franchise to their first ever championship, and again, it, it, if it does come, they would hang the banner at their brand new home, the Intuit Dome. Like all of this, yes, Steve Ballmer is a, a massive part of that. But like, if they don't build something that is uh, intriguing and enticing for Kawhi to want to come to, again, these were for years and years and years. The Clippers would like stumble stumble into franchise players, and then they would be like, "Oh, okay, what what do we do with this?" Like Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard was a free agent; he could have gone to the Lakers, he could have gone back to the Raptors, where he was the most popular uh, player in not only just Toronto but all in Canada, like. He chose the Clippers, and he also, uh, I, uh, from from the reports and how we hear of it now, basically chose Paul George. But Paul George also chose the Clippers. I mean, he had to go to Sam Presti and the Thunder and say, "Hey, listen, I mean, we've had a good run here, but I want to go to the Clippers." I mean, and not only that, they've both since uh, have said, and, and my, my guess will continue to say, is I want to stay here. Like, like, despite the fact that it has not turned out the way that they had planned it so far, we'll see how this season goes. They've all like, like, like they've, they've stayed with the Clippers. They've like, like opted into their like options or assigned extensions or whatnot. They've recruited guys like Russell Westbrook and James Harden. What they've done here is I cannot begin to tell you. And granted, I'd love for you to touch on this. This was not the Clippers that, we grew up with, you grew up with. I mean, this is a different franchise. Yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, when I was saying that would be a fail, I was saying it would be a fail basketball-wise. If we look at what Kawhi and Paul George have done for the 
aura, the name of the Clippers, what it means to be a Clipper. I mean, Arash, Kawhi Leonard has signed two deals after that first deal um, with the Clippers. So he's re-upped twice on his deals. Uh, Paul George did it once. He signed an extension back in 2022. So players now want to play for the Clippers. It's just crazy to me to see James Harden say that, hey, I want to be a Clipper. I Russell Westbrook, I want to remain a Clipper. Mason Plumley, I know he's not a big name, but it's a veteran yeah. big. He said, I want to be a Clipper. I love it here. That right there, I mean, it could bring you, a Clipper fans to tears because for years and years and years, no big free agents wanted to come to, to the Clippers. Nobody wanted to be traded to the Clippers. Um, and now you have this this organization that, from all that I see, does everything right. They love to keep their players. They love to re-sign them. They want to keep them here. Um, and the players reciprocate that. There are so many guys that when they come to the Clippers now, Nico Batum was one of them, Robert Covington, Norm Powell. Um, a lot of these guys talk about how loved they are here and how much they love being a part of the organization. And that alone, I mean, if you hear that around the media, what is it going to do for future free agents, right? No. They have the new stadium. They have superstar players saying that they love to play for the organization. That's just another stepping stone to making the Clippers one of the bigger names in, in NBA. And I think that those two, Kawhi and Paul George, set the standard for the Clippers, right? They re-up twice on their contracts to show, hey, we love it here. This is a great organization and everyone should follow suit. So it, it's really cool to see a lot of homegrown talents choose the Clippers. And look, we had a guy go from the Lakers to the Clippers, and this is no knock on the Lakers. This is nothing against them, but it's just crazy to see a guy in Russell Westbrook go yeah. from being one of the most hated Lakers of all time to one of the most loved Clippers of all time. It's just really cool to see these homegrown guys love being Clippers. It is such an amazing thing with that fan base because I think if they have a player that comes to them that has been much maligned or that has been disrespected or, or something like that, I mean, Clipper fans feel that and, you know, don't, don't want to get into the whole Lakers Clippers thing, but it, it really, uh, it really fed into the Clippers embracing and loving uh, Russell Westbrook the way that they do because they, they looked at it and said, you know what? Screw those fans. Like they did not treat you right. Come, come here. We'll, we'll treat you right. Um, uh, and listen, there's crazy fans in all walks of life, right? But, um, I think the Russell Westbrook example is a great one because he is a homegrown talent. Uh, he was one of, you know, the best players in UCLA's, um, history and and it was supposed to be a feel good moment for him to come back home and play for the hometown Lakers. It didn't turn out that way. But when he joined the Clippers, it was just sort of the sigh of relief for him and it was just so great to see that fan base embrace him. Uh but yeah, listen, clearly you want to win a championship. And I've said forever in a day, no matter how lopsided certain trades feel when John Gruden, for example, was traded to Tampa Bay and they gave up all those first-round picks, they won a Super Bowl. They they won that trade, or at least they'll make that trade 100 times out of 100. Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, it, it really didn't matter what Jared Goff did or what Detroit did. The Rams won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. They won that trade for them. Now, you know, like, the beauty is sometimes there's a win-win. At the end of the day... If the Clippers win a championship, 
and the Thunder, uh, we'll see what they do. I mean, like, like that could be a win-win trade. But um, when I, I look back at that deal, like the one thing that I keep thinking is like that was the moment, you know, because I covered the the original sort of big three with the Clippers and Lob City with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. They kind of lucked into Chris Paul, quite frankly. Chris Paul thought he was going to go to the Lakers. He and Kobe talked about it. And then the league, I mean, just the timing of that deal was really bad. And I know a lot of fans like to talk about it. It was just a weird uh, moment in time where the league and the commissioner effectively had control um, over New Orleans. So that's, that, that doesn't exist now. Uh, we were just coming out of the lockout where there was a lot of talk about you know, big market teams doing what they want to do. And now this, like, it was just the timing of the deal was really poor. Anyway, they lucked into that, uh, getting Chris Paul. They had drafted Blake Griffin. They had drafted DeAndre Jordan. And then, but then, but then getting Chris Paul, like, changed a lot. But nothing truly, Grant, and I'd love for you to touch on this, like Kawhi and Paul George, it just feels different. And it's, it's more sustainable now. And the biggest thing, and this is not a small detail at all, because the Clippers have never had their own home. Going back to the Los Angeles Sports Arena, which they were sharing with USC, you know, and then yeah. Staples Center, obviously, where they're the third tenant, the third, the Lakers, the Kings, then the Clippers. To have a beautiful $2 billion uh, home of their own where they can – Listen, I mean, you, you go down the list of guys that they can recognize from like Ralph Lawler, and it'd be nice if whenever they retire, you know, Chris Blake and DeAndre, what they meant. And you go down the list. Um, it just feels different, right? Like, I know the significance of Chris Blake and DeAndre, but what this quartet's doing, for example, Hawaii, Paul George, Russell, James Harden, it's just, it's, I believe this team can win it all. Having covered that Lob City team, like as a beat, like I never had that feeling. I guess. Yeah, I agree with you. And and for the the Lob City era with with Blake, CP, and, and DeAndre Jordan, that kind of just felt like, hey, we threw everything together. Let's see if it works. And oh. it wasn't really like a cohesive thing. The Clippers planned out to get Kawhi. They planned out. They went to his games, maybe illegally. I don't know. They went to his games in Toronto. They scouted him. They wanted him, and they knew that they could get Paul George and make him, those two guys, the cornerstones of their franchise. So, yes, it does feel a little bit different, and it feels more serious because they treated it more serious. They went through the Blake, CP, and DeAndre era, and they were like, okay, how can we learn from that? So they signed two guys that not just – are from here, but wanted to be here. And uh, obviously they've supplemented those two guys with great teams. And now they have their best team ever with two other guys from the area that wanted to be here. So um, yeah, I, th I think it's, it's just a matter of, of time before they get their first title. I, I hope it's in the next few years, but what they've built and what Steve Ballmer has built with the signing of those two guys and what they have now, um, it's just going to attract free agents down the line. And I think that's what a lot of people forget is that this stadium and the way they treat these players and the way they signed everybody, it's going to pay dividends, not just next year, but down the road, five, maybe 10 years. 100%. I mean, it, it's really building upon a foundation. And at this point in time, you know, uh, it, it's been well over 10 years where they've been one of the best teams in the league. 
um, and they just do things the right way. And that will continue with the Intuit Dome. Uh, they're going to have a new practice facility within that structure. Uh, it'll be first class. And so, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I agree. I think it's only a matter of time before they win it all. Uh, Grant, you're the best. Uh, let's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.